Welcome to episode 2 of Random Readings. I am your host Kumar Vikram. So today I am going to take up uh, this is a very fine study on the poetry of Philip Larkin. This is a recent publication. The title of the book is The Poetry of Philip Larkin: A Study in Long Perspectives. And the author is Dr. S N Prasad. This has been published by Rose Dog Books and uh, it has come out in 2022 itself it has got a long introduction to the poetry of Philip Larkin then it has a chapter on the Philip Larkin's aesthetic of poetry and then it takes up uh, individual poems from different uh, collections of Philip Larkin for long uh, detailed literary critical philosophical analysis i would uh, like to read the a uh, blurb of the book which is which uh, goes uh, like this the present book is an innovative attempt to give the philip larkin criticism a new direction early critical writings on larkin for the most part tried to show him as a provincial poet and his poetic imagination as of a middle bro kind however soon some perceptive readers of his poetry found some of its real value as a result of which he is now regarded as one of the major british postmodern poets this book has tried to show that philip larkin in his poetry tries to see man in his present existential condition and he sees his future prospects as a species in very long perspectives and in this respect besides his many faceted merit as a true poet he can and should be seen in the company of great mainstream scientists philosophers creative writers and thinkers philip larkin in his major poems aims at giving a therapeutic touch to the ailing human culture this book has a long introduction which tries to show the true origins of man his physiology and his present psychosocial condition views of reputed creative writers scientists philosophers and thinkers have been referred to in the connection in the three middle sections of the book 30 of larkin's poems taken from his three major volumes have been analyzed individually at some length these analyses reveal some of the very important but hitherto unrevealed aspects of his poetry i would like to introduce the author the author asan prasad 1936 to 2021 ama phd was a retired professor of english bra bihar university india he was a professor at sana university he was professor and head of department at hodaida university and a republic a republic of yemen for a total period of over 15 years in several stints he had published six papers four in india one in a british journal about larkin journal of the philip larkin society and one paper written jointly with a colleague in yemen in an online journal I have taken up today for reading the uh, from this book an analysis of the poem The Building 
this i have taken it deliberately because uh, despite the seriousness of the of the overall poetry of larkin and also the equal seriousness of the analysis of the writer in this book uh, this is something this poem is something which would appeal to uh, to to large uh, uh, to all of us i would say because it is about a very commonplace scenario the text of the poem is not included in the book so what i would do that uh, this poem has got 10 stanzas and just to set the tone going you know at the outset i would read the first three stanzas of the poem the building by philip larkin and then we take up the reading of the analysis so here i go higher than the handsomest hotel the lucent comb shows up for miles but see all round it close ribbed streets rise and fall like a great sigh out of the last century the porters are scruffy what keep drawing up at the entrance are not taxis and in the hall as well as creepers hangs a frightening smell there are paper bags and tea at so much a cup like an airport lounge but those who tamely sit on rows of steel chairs turning the rip mags haven't come far more like a local bus these outdoor clothes and half filled shopping bags and faces restless and resigned although every few minutes comes a kind of nurse to fetch someone away the rest refit cups back to saucers cough or glance below seats for drop gloves or cards humans caught on ground curiously neutral homes and names suddenly in abeyance some are young some old but most of the vague aged at claims the end of choice the last of hope so let's see the what's what is the analysis of dr asim prasad about this poem the 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 entire essay on this poem goes into almost uh, six pages so i would be reading the first few paragraphs and then the last few paragraphs so that uh, it becomes a self contained episode in itself and gives you an idea about the poet about the poem and also about the about the critic the building i start the building the building is a poem about death but it is not an ordinary death poem lamenting the loss of life it is about the mental condition of the people on the verge of death they are in a hospital the hospital is a large handsome building in fact higher than the handsome hotel whose lucent comb shows up for miles while the poet asks us to see quote all around it close ribbed streets rise and fall like a great sigh out of the last century unquote the opulence of the building sharply contrasts with the humdrum ordinariness of its surroundings which is very significant 
the poet is careful not to call this building a hospital such mega hospitals have come up in many cities across countries and in their height and handsomeness they vie with super luxury hotels this comparison is important the sponsors of such hospitals are big business houses who build them so that the patients of privileged class may have a nice stay and expensive treatment in them but as the super rich clients of luxury hotels carry the meanness and selfishness of the ugly life into the midst of the opulence and glamour of these hotels and undergo no change for the better the patients of this magnificent hospital building experience no well being on the contrary they are at that vain age that claims the end of choice the last of hope the ordinary aspect of the hospital's lounge or more appropriately the waiting room for patients appears like an airport lounge but the people sitting on rows of steel chairs do not look like those who have traveled far by air rather they appear to have come from nearby places but most of them will soon travel so far that no globe trotter can even imagine the vehicles that keep drawing up at the entrance are not taxis but ambulances though the poet does not say so the people sit tamely on steel chairs some of them are turning over the pages of rip magazines kept in the hall they are wearing outdoor clothes and have brought half-filled shopping bags because they have to stay here for a while their faces are restless and resigned they cannot look otherwise that is calm and hopeful every few minutes the poet tells us comes a kind of nurse to fetch someone away this however does not give them any kind of reassurance tea at so much a cup is available here some of the waiting patients drink it and then refit the cups back to saucers or glance below seats for drop gloves or cards who are actually these patients the poet tells us quote humans cotton ground curiously neutral homes and names suddenly in abeyance some are young some old but most are that vague age that claims the end of choice the last of hope unquote these humans are all rich patients but they are now away from their cozy luxurious dwellings nor are they distinguished here as in their homes and society they stand on a ground that is neutral that is it has no color of any positive feeling and at present may be called their immediate existential condition it is in this condition that most of them will leave this world some will no doubt live for some time more those that are young may live for many years to come but they too will die in the same condition in which the very old or terminally ill patients are going to die here and very soon but all of them are 
here to confess that something has gone wrong. The poet calls it an error of a serious sort. There is here an implied comparison between the sinners' confessions to priests and the patients' confessions to doctors. Priests apply some sort of soothing balm on the guilty conscience of sinners and doctors try to remove the physical pain of patients. But just as man's sinful nature necessitated the building of many churches, big and small, including all inspiring cathedrals, so errors of serious nature in man's body have necessitated the setting up of hospitals like the present one to which the poet draws our attention quote see how many floors it needs how tall it has grown by now and how much money goes in trying to correct it that is error of a serious sort a lot of money used to go into the upkeep of magnificent cathedrals as well as maintaining the higher ranks of priests in great comfort and luxury but the sins and perversions of human mind human kind kept on multiplying similarly the rich among us have begun to invest huge astronomical sums in the setting up of such hospitals to correct the wrongs in man's body but the wrongs have not been eradicated man's elements keep on multiplying and such hospitals yield huge profits to their sponsors it is nobody's case that religion and hospital are useless but because of perversions of serious nature in both man's mind and body perversions caused by his seriously wrong lifestyle neither religion nor medical science has succeeded in eradicating them so i will skip a few paragraphs and then i will read the last three paragraphs I stopped with the approaching death and no protection of conceits and ignorance around them and in place of their essential consciousness if they had ever had any they have now only its crude facets and the hospital accepts crude facets of the only coin the only coin we have ever had is our body we could have if we had lived a better life made the coin shine like gold but we did not care now the terminally ill patients bodies are coins on which we wrought crudities of the approaching death this crudities the hospital building this clean slice cliff accepts it was meant to be a struggle to transcend the thought of dying but it has not succeeded in its aim it can succeed only if its powers outbuild cathedrals cathedrals magnificent buildings promise their adherents eternal life that is afterlife full of heavenly peace and happiness they did not achieve success today hardly any serious minded person believes in afterlife super speciality hospitals do not promise afterlife to their patients but they were and are being built and their sponsors think even claim 
that the patients, while undergoing expensive treatment and receiving proper care in them, will transcend the thought of dying or even evade it. But this has not happened so far. The poet emphasizes this point when he says that it, the struggle to transcend the thought of death, cannot happen. Quote, Unless it powers, outbuild cathedrals, nothing contravenes the coming darkness. Unquote. Howsoever, luxurious care and expensive treatment may be provided to a man on the verge of the precipice, they cannot contravene the darkness in which the light of his life is going to be lost for all eternity. As Aziz Nasafi, whom we have quoted above, makes clear, Although friends and relations of the patients about to die, the poet calls these friends and relations crowds, each evening try with wasteful, weak, propitiatory flowers to make them transcend the thought of dying. The propitiatory flowers they bring are weak and wasteful, just as tithes and prayers offered in cathedrals did not give people afterlife full of heavenly joy and peace. But what is the message of this beautiful poem? Neither religion nor medical science, despite all their claims, have been able to make man transcend the thought of dying when death, with its eternal darkness, stands staring hard at him in the face. But we can transcend the fear of death as the Buddha did, as the Christ did, as Socrates did, as great thinkers or martyrs did. Such people lived a kind of life that can show us a path leading to a life of enlightenment. But for that to happen, we have to recall, reorganize our life, overhaul it. As of now, it is in a mess. Most of us whether as seriously ill patients or our friends and relations with their propiti propitiatory but weak and wasteful flowers, or anonymous men and women seen as the traffic outside, or the kids chalking their games in the streets, or girls with their hairdos fetching their separates from the cleaners, have no idea why we live and how we die. And when we start to die, whether we are women, men, old, young, we are crude facets of the only coin. The only coin has crude facets, both physically and mentally or spiritually. Unless we get rid of our concepts and self-protecting ignorance congealing our lives, nothing will contravene the eternal darkness in which we men and women drown in a state of mind-warping anxiety, not to say in utter hopelessness. Thank you. That's the end of episode two for you. We'll meet again. Thank you. And do let me know your thoughts, your inputs, and your suggestions. Thank you.